Hello, and welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Manning, coming to you from the beautiful trails in Ogden, Utah, but connecting you to wherever trail, ultra, and mountain running takes us. We'll bring trail running to life with amazing athletes, discuss the latest topics, epic journeys, and get you stoked for your next trail adventure. We're sharing the moments that make life special, because even a rough day on the trail beats a good day indoors, and nothing beats time spent with good friends and great stories. Catch us here weekly for your dose of dirt, vert, and good vibes. So now, it's time to top off your water, grab some cheese curds, and join us for this week's podcast, where we take you deep into the heart of our sport. It's go time. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to episode 319 of the Trail Manners podcast. Our guest today is runner, race director, volunteer, ultra fella, ultra gym, Jim Skaggs. The Trail Manners podcast is produced for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often, and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. And please don't forget to subscribe, review, and rate us on iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, we are here back for another episode of the Trail Manners podcast. I'm your host, Eric Manning. We're recording this on, what's the day's date? Wednesday, March 29th, and I am joined... We're going to start with one of your, um, what do you call those things? Your uh, skill sets, your hats, maybe. Race director. Yes. So, Jim, you are the race director for multiple races, but we're going to start with the Buffalo Run, Antelope Island Buffalo Run, which yeah. is a springtime event. Well, seasonally springtime event, but as <laughs> we know, that doesn't always work out how we Depends want. Depends on the year. Sometimes it's winter, sometimes <laughs> it's spring, sometimes it's summer. And sometimes it's winter for the fourth time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, well, I mean, you're a returning guest, you've been on the show before, you're an ultra runner. How many years have you put on the Buffalo run, the so, spring event? So this is year number 18. 18. Yes. Okay. I'm writing that down cause I always forget that. I was year one. This was my first yep. ever trail race That's where in we my met. whole world. Yes. Year one, much different, but it was still crappy weather. If I remember, not like crappy like this. No, time, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. It was but a little it snow. Was a little, a little rainy, a little, little it looked kind of like Seattle. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it was my first ever one, and literally ever since that day, um, I was hooked. That was just how it was. So, eighteen years of the Buffalo Run. We just finished. Well, I shouldn't even say finished. You just put on the last edition just over the past weekend. Right. Um, have you ever, in the eighteen years, seen anything remotely, not even like the same, but remotely close to that weather? Um. Not at my races. Yeah. Uh, I've run in a couple of races that were canceled. You know, you mentioned uh, uh, Pocatello 50. Yep. You and I ran that yep. that year that it got canceled. Uh, I I think this might have even been worse Oh, I, I, I mean, I wasn't in this one, but um, 
probably but, where you were at on the Pocatello course at the time, but yeah, I, I bet it would rival that it. Ridge. Yeah, that was super fun. <laughs> Getting <laughs> no, lost on top. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so what, okay, let's, let's kind of break down this year. So for people that don't know, um, the, the race, you'd have a hundred mile, 50 mile, and a 50K, 25K. hundred mile race starts on Thursday. Correct. And the early start 50 mile starts on Thursday. Yes. And then Friday kicks off the 50 mile, 50K, and 25K. Correct. So Thursday, start 10 a.m. start, 100 milers are there. What's it like? So, well, let's, let's go back to Wednesday. So Wednesday, I always set up the course out there, go mark it, you know, flag it, uh, put signs out, uh, <clears throat> make sure the port johns are where they're supposed to be, and, and the tent that I rent is where it's supposed to be, set up things inside and all that. Wednesday was really kind of rainy and snowy all day long. Okay. And then I spend the night out there on Wednesday, and it off and on showered all night long. Not not bad, just uh, kind of a light rain. Uh, Thursday, it was kind of the same. Just, you know, not bad. I mean, we've, we've all run in weather like that. Uh, it's just something we do. Um, started out the uh, 100 milers and early start 50 milers at uh, 10 a.m., Got them off, good start. Uh, then things get quiet around the, the home front there, and my uh, Britta, my uh, volunteer coordinator, we just kind of hang out. And it cleared off, and it was beautiful, sunny, just light breeze. We could see it's kind of storming over against the front, but the island was, was beautiful. Uh, it was just very pleasant. And then uh, as Thursday night rolled around, it uh, started to get a little bit rainy again. Not nothing terrible, but just, you know, just kind of icky. And uh, just all through the night, just a normal night uh, out there during the 100. And, uh, and then Friday morning, it was kind of the same, just kind of a little bit rainy, a little bit wet. Um not really snowy at all. It just just rained, and then uh, so I got all all the other three races started, and uh, we were uh, hanging out at the uh, race headquarters, the finish line there, and uh, you know had a few hundred milers trickle in. Had a few. Uh, most of the early start fifty milers were done. Um, even had a few twenty five k runners managed to finish and then what like noon 1245 something like that just all of a sudden all hell broke loose <laughs> uh it, it it hit us just hard i mean there was no warning at all and uh, uh winds i have no idea i i wish i knew how fast those winds were going but uh sustained were were very high <clears throat> snowing extremely hard uh, the canopy, the sides of the canopy are Velcroed together, and the Velcro ripped loose, and so we had people trying to hold down the... And this canopy you're talking about, this is like your... This is a commercial The commercial, canopy. like the wet stuff people rent for 30. weddings and big right. stuff, not right. like this your is, pop-ups, because those yeah. pop-ups got trashed. <laughs> oh, I lost so many pop-ups last week, it's unreal. Time to recycle. Yeah, they were, they were pretzels. <laughs> but even that big canopy, that's a sturdy, yeah. they put that in yeah, they, solid cables, yeah. everything. Um, stakes two feet into the ground, and it pulled up a couple of the stakes. These are big stakes. They're not like right. your tent yeah. stakes. These, these are, are like these are like one inch diameter, 
two and a half foot long things they use a sledgehammer to pound into the ground um they were starting to pull those up numerous people holding down the sides because we had a raging blizzard inside the tent uh, we managed to zip tie the uh, sides together because we couldn't velcro them <laughs> uh and finally and i i had a i had my wife pull my truck around to try and block some wind we had another van pull around to try and block some wind i think it helped yeah i'm not sure but yeah um any port johns follow fly over no wow that's which, good which amazed me the the guy from the portage on companies he sends me a text so did they all stay upright and i just looked outside and i was like yeah yeah that's amazing <laughs> any of the shitters tip over <laughs> yeah not a one that's a that's, a, that's i, that's I was crazy. bored <laughs> um but yeah uh once that hit um i i made the decision pretty quick that the race was immediately canceled so that was one of my things like what because <coughs> fortunately I think, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, but I think fortunately a lot of race directors don't have to waffle with this, right? Like the decision to cancel a race and, you know, talking a few days before there were questions asked, would they ever cancel? I'm like, ultras don't get canceled. Like you've got to have some bad oh, they stuff. They do, but it's so rare, right? Right. And so, and I, I mean, who would have thunk that their own ecosystem on the island would bring this, uh, as you said, apocalyptic weather yeah. in. Like, I don't think anybody saw this level of tenacity no. coming through. So, obviously, there was some thought process as you're zip tying and seeing the stakes come out in your head. You're kind of like, oh, hell, what's, I mean, what What was the, the I don't say breaking point, but what was the point where you'd made that decision? Like, what pushed you over the edge? Because it can't be easy. Well, it actually wasn't a difficult decision at all. Okay. Um, when when you have a raging blizzard inside your canopy and you've got people trying to hold things down, you know that out on the course is as exposed as the trails are on, on the island. Um, you know it's dangerous, mm -hmm. period. Yeah. And, and so... Um, having to just deal with that canopy um it, it was it, it was an easy decision to make just to say the race is canceled somebody asked me and i said the race is canceled we need to get everybody off the trails back here and accounted for did you get um because you're on the island and whether it's phone service or radios where your aid stations reporting in or anything because i saw some videos of aid stations you know, people holding those 10 by 10s down, those are ripped up. The, the aid station <laughs> yeah. tables are flipped over. Right. You know, I mean, was there some communication on that level too, or were they just, just waiting phone. to hear? Um, just we, we let the aid stations know at the canopy, that the race was canceled and that uh, they were to stop runners as they came in. Uh, I contacted the park with my, I have a, a radio since I'm a volunteer out there as well. So I contacted the park on the radio they had already mobilized uh, Davis County Sheriff wow. and uh, park personnel to start getting out there and trying to grab runners off the trail. Wow. Um, they have a couple of side-by-sides that they get out, and they were uh, starting to drive those around and collect runners. And uh, so I just asked them, you know, as they did, bring, them, bring all the runners back to the headquarters so that we could account for them and make sure that everybody was safe and okay. Because well, even this year it changed because the course changed. 
yeah. because you had to move the start finish. It's been there for not all 18 years. It was another location when I first ran it, but you had to move to the marina because they're putting in or getting ready to put in campsites or whatever. So it was a new route. Mm-hmm. Um, did that cause any confusion? Whether it was like Only a when from the, the race signs blew down. That's what, yeah. So we had Kirk on, <laughs> right? And he, he talked about that, that like and race signs a, getting blown down. And yeah, I think a couple other people mentioned that as well. And I think for the most part, you you know, the island gets so much traffic from runners now, especially locally, to where maybe though the local runners that were out there maybe didn't have any confusion. But I could see if you're traveling in, you'd be like, oh man, you know, like, I, I can't now? see, you know. Yeah. And to me, that's why I prefer to be a thick runner because the wind won't blow me over. Um, so that's that's my choice, folks. Um, but I think no injuries. No injuries that I was aware weather of. Weather-related. No weather-related injuries. Okay. Um, no hypothermia. Um, I, th- I think the, the probably, I'll mention what I thought was the worst situation from my mind, is that I got a, a lady in the canopy came up to me with her phone and said, my husband's stuck up on the saddle on the White Rock Trail where it's above the uh, east side road, there's about 10 of them. They're hunkered down behind some rocks, and you know where I'm talking yeah. about up there. And uh, they're wanting to know how they can get down. So knowing where that is, uh, I know the winds can just come screaming <laughs> over that ridge. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was that was the one that kind of scared me a little bit. I wasn't real worried about much of the other but that one kind of scared me, so I immediately sent my lovely wife and a couple other volunteers out with cars down the east side road towards the ranch. And uh, I was chatting with this lady's husband on the phone, and I told him what we were doing. And I said, the minute you see my truck and those other cars, I said, you, you bail down that hillside towards that road. And it's about a quarter mile all downhill. And thankfully, going the downhill in the direction they were going, they were somewhat protected by the wind because the wind was coming from the other direction. But uh, they got back to the canopy, and uh, they were fine. And uh, after that, it was just a matter of of making sure that the trails were all clear of runners. Um, And, you know, we we had plenty of help with that. We had a couple other... We have another guy on the trail patrol, John Mulmer, who's oh, a yeah. uh, ultra runner. Oh, yeah. And so he came out and went out to the Elephant Head Aid Station. And I don't know if he physically swept the Split Rock Trail himself. I mean, he's perfectly capable of it. But they made, he made sure the Split Rock Trail was clear. The park made sure that the White Rock Trail was clear. And then I had all sorts of volunteers and other runners and runners' families uh, offering help. Uh, you know, hey, can I take my car and go see if I can grab runners? What do you want me to do? So everybody really stepped up. Um, there, were, there were quite a few runners that, which is kind of interesting. So between the White Rock Aid Station and the finish line, it's about 2.8 miles. And it's right along the, the fence there. And if you're familiar with the island, you know what the, where the fence is. And there were a number of runners, goodness, actually quite a few, that were heading along that fence back to the finish line. And I sent my wife out to collect runners along there. And she comes back and she was just kind of beside herself because she said, 
they all refused to get in. They said they were going to finish. And I was like, <laughs> well, they're only two and a half miles away, and the weather's let up a little bit. We'll let them finish. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, know, you can't force them into your car. Yeah. That's um, called kidnapping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the authorities frown on that sort of behavior. <laughs> yeah, they don't like that. Unless you have candy. If you have candy in the car, it's legit. Yeah, or yes. puppies. Yeah. Well, puppies. well, it kind of gave me chills when you said it, because obviously doing the podcast and, you know, being a trail runner, you know, when you said that like other runners are ready to help and, and families and like, how can I help? And that gives me chills because it is, it's like, and I'm not saying just the trail running community, there's other communities out there, but it's just such a draw when you've got people willing just to help other people. Right. right I mean, you right. see it at every trail strangers. race. Yeah. I mean, I, a lot of these people, I had no clue who they were. I just knew that they were families of runners or runners or um, some of my volunteers that were just there at the race headquarters, and they just said, what can we do? Yeah. What can we do to help? And that's huge because you've got so much going on what you're doing. I mean, you're, you're literally managing, okay, we've got, you know, Davis County out here. we got the park out here. i got the aid station. i got the runners. I've got, you know, people are coming up to you. What can I do? What can I do? So having a little bit of help on top of that. Right. You know, and then like when we had Kirk on the show, like runners on the course look after runners on the course, like the 10 huddled behind a rock. Right. You know, it's like, that's just. Yeah, that that guy that I talked to on the phone had kind of taken charge of that group and said, well, let's do this. If yeah. we want to, if we want to live, yeah. <laughs> we need to do this. <laughs> you know, you're thinking about finishing a race. Oh, it's, I'm going to get a blister or something. It's like. If we want to survive this, right. you know, <laughs> you start looking around, looking for the meatiest one to munch on later if you right. need to. Um, but yeah, I was blown away. I mean, a lot of people obviously shared videos and you, you see the weather. Um, but again, being in it and seeing pictures and video are completely different things. Right. But just knowing the severity, what it takes to cancel an ultra um, is big. And, you know, I mentioned on the last podcast, not that it hasn't been, but I think over the course of a couple of years, there's been a couple races that have had been in the spotlight for stuff just like this, right? right. We talk about DC Peaks, you right. know, that situation, a first-year race. Obviously, <clears throat> over, oh, was it Japan, China? Right, yeah, the, you know, the big one. That big one over there. there. We had Mont Blanc, uh, one of the races at UTMB. Mm -hmm. So you are seeing a little bit more of that. So, you know, as we talk to race directors as we are runners itself it's like kind of not that this stuff is things that should have been thought about 10 years ago but that you see it more and maybe it's there's more races maybe it's climate whatever um, it makes you stop and think a as a runner am i prepared exactly right? you know do i take this just in case right. right and i think again and i bring this on the show a lot as a runner i think it is 100 percent your responsibility to make sure you're ready Yes. I don't think it's up to the race director to send an email the night before necessarily saying the weather's going to be poopy. Bring a jacket, right? Exactly. It's it's yeah. it, to me it's like you you so, know should know as a runner that you need to come prepared. Everybody's preparedness is different, right? There, there were people in shorts, yeah, and running sandals. Okay. So they were, were they Hard, at the... Hardly prepared for an apocalyptic <laughs> blizzard. And, and I did. I learned mine when we went to Pocatello. It was a June, late May, early June. Yeah. And I had a sleeveless running shirt and shorts. I didn't have a jacket. I had a visor. I, I carried a jacket. I actually gave it to a kid as we were going up that ridge because yeah. he was freezing. Yeah. But I, I, but I think it is, 
you know, and I say this because I want all runners. It's like you need to take the responsibility a for yourself because everybody's different. What is cold to you is not to another. What you need is not to another. Take what you think you need. Please pay attention to the weather before you know the race, not a week before. Hey, what do I need to pack for this trip? Like, come <laughs> prepared. Um, but I think it's also to said on a race director side is you know like it really came to effect with like dc peaks and another one of your evacuation plan right if and i know i've put on races and they ask you that in your form you know if someone gets hurt how do you get them right Right. and sometimes like well i just drive my car to the trailhead and throw them in the back or whatever but when you get these remote races or races like you were mentioning i think as a race director there's a lot of mind there's a lot of mind shifting, especially over the last couple of years. Yes. Right. Like, what are we prepared? Right. Are we doing the right thing? And well, I think you talked about that. I, I think I think as a race director, and, and obviously, I mean, I've I've been around the ultra scene for twenty plus now, and I've been to a lot of races, and I've and and there's a lot, obviously, a lot more races now than there has been. Um, it, I, to me, it's incumbent on every race director to think about what if scenarios, worst case scenarios. I mean, obviously, you don't need to use that if it's a bright sunny day and 70 degrees and light breezes and everything's coming up flowers. But um, when you have a race at the time of year like mine, yeah, I mean, out of 18 years, Probably three of those times we've had kind of crappy weather. And then last Friday we had really crappy weather. <laughs> worst case scenario. Worst, that was truly a worst case scenario in my book. Um, and, yeah, I, I was revisiting my emergency action plan today just to see what could I throw in it that would remind me if this was to happen again. And uh, for all the all the race race directors or potential race directors out there listening, um, yeah, that that's one of the, probably the most important thing or one of the most important things to think about is what am I going to do if things go south? Yeah, it's like having a fire, an emergency fire exit at a movie theater, exactly. right? You don't want to use it, but if you no. don't have it, but you better have it. Yeah, and it's the same thing. And I think. Probably for the most part, I probably as a race director, most have some type of plan, but it almost to the point now it's like, like you said, let's shift from the plan to worst case and not like go that next level, right? right? Like yes. really go that next level. But still, and I'll say it again, I think at the end of the day, it's truly up to each runner to make sure that they are prepared, yes. right? And whatever that means, everybody's right. different. But, um, and I, cause I think, you know, even as a race director, you can't, even if you plan for worst case, you're also saying, okay, I've got X amount of hundreds of runners out there, right? So yeah, it's I like, had uh, 315 runners out there. Yeah, and that's a lot to be Plus responsible for. How many volunteers? Yeah. I had at the time, when that hit, I still had one, two, three. I still had three aid stations open. Two of them had already shut down for the day. So I had another dozen volunteers out in the middle of that nonsense. Yeah. That I had to be concerned with, too. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of joke around a bit, at, but I don't want to make light of what happened last Friday. Sure. Um, it was a very serious situation for a little bit, uh, probably an hour and a half to two hours. Things were 
uh, pretty chaotic, but uh, we had uh, we had some good help there. We put together a plan. The main plan was to get everybody off the course safely and as quickly as possible and accounted for. And, you know, I set up one person to be the point person. If anybody walked in the tent with a bib number on, she was to write it down. I made sure that everybody that went out to fetch runners brought them back to the tent so that we could account for them. That was, that was my main concern was to make sure that we didn't leave anybody out on that trail um, and forget about them. Yeah. And uh, in the end, by the time all was said and done, we were able to... Given, given the chaos, I think we did relatively good. Uh, there was only five bib numbers that we could not account for. And we already knew that the Split Rock Trail had been cleared, the White Rock Trail had been cleared, Lakeside Trail had been cleared, the Mountain View Trail had all been cleared. We already knew all that. So we knew that we, we had a 99% certainty that the, the course was clear. And uh, so I, w- I was pretty comfortable saying that we got everybody off and, and we're okay. They probably got Especially in the car and went home. That's what I figured yeah. probably happened is, is two or three just said, I'm out of here and jumped and, in the car and left. And yeah. Can't blame them. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, hindsight, it's always as a runner. Like we yeah. talk about runners dropping and just going back to their right. hotel or, you know, it's still, again, it's a runner should have some responsibility. Right. Obviously this is way, not something anybody's used to, but you know, for you listening out there, always, re- if you're leaving the course for any reason, make sure somebody knows. Yes. Yes. Right? Cause and it's, it's scary still. Exactly. And, uh, that's for, for all you runners, runners out there. <laughs> If you're ever in in a situation where the race is canceled and they're pulling people off the course, uh, once they pull you off, don't just go home. Yeah. Make sure you are counted so that they know where you are because um, there there could be significant resources expended trying to find you when you're asleep at home in your bed or sitting in your recliner drinking a beer. Yeah. Um, so, and and the same thing goes with. Um, if you drop out of a race, just yeah. Well, we had one year normal. year race. Someone left and went to their hotel, and you finally found them. Right. right? They dropped and just didn't check in. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> you know, the Wasatch One Hundred says they say if you drop and fail to notify, when you get up in the morning, you best get back out there and get lost. <laughs> <laughs> so that they can find you. So it's not money otherwise, wasted. Yeah, otherwise you're going to be in some trouble. You sit there at the pina colada and wait for them to come find right. you, you know? Yeah, whatever what, it takes. What was the, I'm curious too, like the overall reaction from the runners, knowing that it was canceled, no matter um, what. I mean, what was the overall reaction you pulled from that? I have, you know, even in in the midst of all the chaos, as people were coming into the can, into the tent and getting checked in and they were, Seeing me, they come up. I I was amazed in at how many runners came up, shook my hand, and said, "This was an awesome day." <laughs> <laughs> you know, this was so much fun. Or I, you know, just words to that effect. I'll be back. This is this is a great race. You you put on a great event. And meanwhile, things are just going, hell. going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, and even now, you know, I'm, I'm still getting emails from runners that, uh, you know, thanking me for, for an awesome event, which, you know, in a good year, that's, that's nice to hear. Yeah. In a year like this, that's like, 
Well, okay, I guess we did some right. <laughs> it was funny. I was running with a friend of ours, Harrison, this morning, and he was asking me about the race. He's like, man, that must have been something because he's run the race before. And mm-hmm. and it came to a point where, and it, again, I think you said it perfectly. We're on the podcast. We're talking about it. There is no way we're making light of the situation. It was a literally dire situation. It was handled amazingly. However, saying that, you know, there's always that thing that you now have a story right oh yeah like though like you just mentioned with those runners i mean the story from pocatello that year does it get told all the time yeah but you still talked about because and i've run how many races between then and those ones may not get so much love but it's those unique things like i want to come away with that like saying yeah i I survived that day yeah it got ugly for a while yeah you know (laughs) (laughs) but i think it is it's a story right they go home everybody's safe there's no harm so i mean that's a Right. And it, but it's a story. Right. You know, you know, and, and you got to admit, it's, it's like, I, I always tell people trail, trail running and ultra running always makes the best stories. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's not a good story to say, yeah, I was, I was running down 12th street and almost got hit by a car. Yeah. I mean, that's a story and <laughs> clearly not good, but it happens. <laughs> it's not quite the same as I survived the apocalyptic storm of 2023 buffalo run well it's like somebody the, suggested i make shirts with that on there, it. <laughs> like, well you know the one we had the snow bear right yeah, a few years back bear. that people talk about well and the 2019 bear 100 with that i ran yeah the mud and yeah the, where it rained for 12 hours straight yeah but it's i mean it's the race in itself but then you have these elements yes good or bad usually bad uh good or bad that really live on over a beer later on right oh, yeah. it's like Absolutely. oh you've got nothing i ran this <laughs> and it gets worse as the years go by right you know like you're racing about you know six years people are gonna say i was running and a bison flew by me with the wind you so, know? <laughs> so funny story so karen's out picking up people along the fence line she picks up some guy, a couple of guys, and, and they're in the truck. And one of them's telling the other, yeah, those winds had to be at least 60 miles an hour. She stopped and gets a couple more people. Now it's 80 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. That's a big fish. <laughs> <laughs> they just get bigger. Well, so I'm, I'm also curious, like, again, having multiple conversations about this, what does the results look like where you've oh, had some finish? Right. Right? Like you had right. legit finish. I saw pictures of the first 100-mile male and first hundred mile female right you know you had 50 milers finish but they started the day early which is legal mm-hmm. and then you had some 25k finishers right so i mean obviously from a runner standpoint kirk was on the show he's like so do you, th- do you think that's going to count as a dnf you know and i'm like well <laughs> so, here, here's the deal did you finish <laughs> right and, and, and i know what he's saying and everything but i'm curious what there's not a protocol for this not really what i what i told all the runners when i finally got around sending an email out to the runners. What I told them was, yeah, things were, were kind of wild out there Friday. Um, if you were, if you finished your distance, because we weren't recording times, we were recording bibs and that was it. We didn't care about times, obviously. So I told people, I said, if you finished your race, send me your time. If you were signed up for, say, the 50-mile or the 100-mile and you finished one of the shorter distances, 25K, 50K, send me that time, and I'll just put it in the results like that. Okay. So, yeah, there will be a list of results. Um, it's it's kind of 
Some are self-reported because they've sent the numbers to me. Some are legit because they showed up before things went to hell. But uh, that that's what I'm doing. I don't know what other races do. I know Pocatello 50, I don't think they... I don't know what they did there. I don't remember. I don't. That was a long think time ago. Yeah, I don't remember. I really don't. And I've I've been in one other race that they canceled, and they didn't. I don't think they put up any results at all. Well, I think it's one of those things where it's not a protocol thing. So when as you say that, I'm sure there's listeners out there that agree with it, and some that probably are shooting holes in it, and some that are probably overthinking it. Right. But at, but at the, the end of the day, it's like that honor system thing. Like, I'll send you my time for my 50 miler just so you can record that. And I'm going to have a really smoking fast time for that race. <laughs> Which is fine. I, you, know, you don't I, even it, register. It's, it's your <laughs> conscience you have well, to live with. But see, that's the beauty of it, though, right? It, it really is. Like, people get so caught up in whether it's Strava, whether it's race results on Ultra Sign Up, and right. all this other stuff. And. I would like to say, I'd like to say I get it, but at the same time, I don't. Like, I think those things are for you, right? Exactly. When you do something great and you get a killer time on Strava, that's for you. Like, other people, yeah, you know, people are looking or vice versa, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's for you. Race results, those are for you, right? Right. Like, it's it's the sport. You know, it's not a high-money sport. It's not, you know... (laughs) You know what I mean? So right. I think hopefully people look at it that way and say, hey, it's a, it's a trail run. It was an adventure. I had a great time. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I'll be back yeah. type thing. And I think, I hope that's what the approach is because the more I kept thinking about it and talking to people, I'm like, I don't know how that would look as far as the results, the way you say it. I'm like, if I was out there, I'd be totally fine with it. Right. Yeah. And, and I've, I've not gotten any pushback okay. from putting that out there I mean, instead i've gotten about a hundred people that have sent me their results that i'm trying to enter by hand well jim i know if, if they give you pushback you know you're okay to push back too so i think maybe oh, yeah. maybe scare some off <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i don't want to scare too many people off then nobody shows up for the races well i mean the rumor i mean i heard a rumor before the podcast and you're coming on that um you don't offer discount codes for your races no i don't <laughs> That's one of your MOs you're known for is like when people ask that question. So it's oh, like, so. they're stupid. <laughs> Why should you have a discount? And it's not a late entry fee. It's procrastination tax. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Um, okay. So you've got other races coming up that you right. put on. Um, you've got the next one up on your list. Well, maybe, right? Logan, Logan Peak. Logan, well, Logan Peak will happen. Is but it I've a already, snowshoe event? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it might be. I mean, when you look at the Tony Grove Snowtel, yeah, it's showing twelve feet of snow. Oh my God! Right now, Ben Lomond Snowtel oh, is showing yeah. sixteen feet of snow, and they're supposed to get another three feet over the next two days. So, yeah, um, will be like an altered thing. Like I, I don't know uh, <clears throat> if it's on the regular course. I can almost guarantee that we will not be going up the peak. Because there's just so much snow. Yeah. And that there will not be an aid station on the backside of the peak. Okay. And that has happened in the past, and people have had to cross a couple, three miles of snow. Yeah. You know, three, three, four feet deep. That may happen this year. Uh, I'm going to start looking at alternate routes if need be, uh, so that I'm prepared for that. Uh, 
probably in the late May time frame, I'll start, I'll go up there and just kind of scout around and um, see what the course looks like. and Trim it? Sure. Take down the deadfall from avalanches? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but I've already put that on the registration page that to not expect the aid station on on the backside of Logan Peak. I think that's fair. I mean, again, as a race director, these are the things people don't have to think about, but race directors do. Right. I've seen that even this week on races, Peterson Ridge Rumble up in the Bend area. They've got a bunch of snow, oh, yeah. which is not something that's normal. Right. Um, there's just a lot of races right now that you just don't expect or, you know, you, it's like we never have it or it's minimal or, or whatever. And now you're kind of like, like this, are we going to have it? Right. You know, you look at a lot of these earlier season mountain races, Squaw Peaks, for example, in June, oh, Pocatello. He's going to have, John's going to have a mess load of snow up it, there. Yeah. So, but it's a, but it's a, it changes the game a little bit. It right? does. And so I think these are things that are important to think about. So you got Logan Peak, and then we transition into August. Right. And you've got your Harriman race, so you should be good for that one. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, in August, you hope. So you've got that one, which is a pretty unique race in its location. Right. I Um, mean, you and I went up there to Harriman in May, Yeah. and there was still snow on the course. Yeah. That's a pretty area. And... This is a far worse snow year than then. Yeah. Well, I can't even think of the last time we've had anything close to this. Like, I know records are broken well, here. Yeah, records are broken here. Without but, I mean, doubt. even close. There's not right. been close, but we've seen snow. So that one's in August, and then you've got the Fall Classic in November back on the island. Yeah, November 3rd. And that one is a distance of a trail, half marathon, and a 50K. Yes. Okay. So yeah, you work cut out for you on the race yep. side. What about your personal side? Because you run, and you just came back from a race in <coughs> Mesquite. Yeah, down in Mesquite, I okay. ran flat top Mesa. Um, it was kind of cool race. I mean, it was very small. Um, as far as fifty k's go, it was four loops around the top of a mesa. Okay. Hence the name. Uh, and just to give you an idea how small this race is. I took third overall. That's good. Second place male. And I'm 64 years old. <laughs> and I ran an eight-hour time. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll just say smaller race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's a well-done race. They have two aid stations up there. It's four four loops around an eight-mile course. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it was nice to, to get out of the snow here and go run when it— Got up to like sixty five that day. Wow, it was lovely. That's a that's a warm day right now. Yeah, super warm day. So that was nice. I I recommend that race. It was it was a good one. And then what's what else do you have on the calendar for the year? Either I'm, either I'm, a adventure runs or races. So I'm signed up to run Salt Flats 100 in May. You did not. You did I really. Did. Yeah, <laughs> I know. need my head examined. <laughs> so you got a hundred miler coming up. Yeah, it'll be my first one since 2019 Bear if I manage to finish it. We'll see. And then what do you got? Uh, nothing as far as adventure runs until we go down to Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon in when November. November. Yep. Uh, that's about it. It's it's a pretty low key year. I'm you know I'm, I'm getting old and uh, I, I don't race as much as I used to. And um, but you, you know, still run a lot. 
I, I do, but what I've discovered is, as I get old, and it sucks, but, you know, what are you going to do, is that you train for a 100-mile race, you still have to run the same number of miles as when you were 30. But it takes longer and hurts more. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and then it just, then you just fall into depression. Yeah. It's just different, <laughs> right? It's a mind, you've got to shift your yeah. mental. Yeah, you have to shift your, your I, I'm not fast anymore. I can't. Um, keep up with the kids like I used to, which well, is fine. I would much rather nowadays just kind of go out and enjoy it. And yeah. I walk when I feel like it and run when I feel like it and enjoy it. Take selfies when you feel like it. I don't do that too much, <laughs> but yeah. Well, I mean, and too, if for, for, again, it's not just here, but it, I can easily speak for you. It's a tough year to train for a race. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Given, I mean, I mean yeah, you can't get up in the mountains to run. Mm-mm. I mean, I see people posting pictures. Hey, I got up in the mountains. <clears throat> yeah, it was not much of a run, but it was a hell of a workout. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the Malin stuff, right? Yeah. It's, it's a good for hill repeats or, right. you know, getting some vert. But like a true running plan, like I'm trying to do that. And now there's even days I can't even get on the parkway or road because it's so nasty. Right. Right. And usually it's like, okay, if I have to, I'll jump on you know, some asphalt. Well, you can't even find it anymore, you know, or right. there's snow piles taller than you or ice or, you know, whatever it is. So it is a tougher year here to train for an earlier season run, yep. you know, so it does make it a little more difficult um, um, to do that. Um, and then, so nothing, is there anything you're thinking about in the year? So you've got like basically the hundred miler in May and then realistically not until November. Are you looking at like either some like fun run, like getting up to, Another place, another mountain. Well, location. You know, we've got the usual spots around here: Ben Loman, Lewis Peak, and you know places like that. We're not even going to be at Ben Loman until August. Oh yeah. I mean, we've been up there at the end of June and had that whole backside. I've been up there July Fourth weekend and, and separated my shoulder. It. Yeah. <laughs> was that the weekend you did that? I did, it was because I couldn't yeah, get into I a was doctor up there too. <laughs> it was an extra day. Yeah. <laughs> so that was July so, yeah, 4th. Yeah, you know, when the glaciers finally recede, it's going to be like September. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think this whole year is going to be interesting on yeah. all the, you know, floodings. I mean, the rivers are oh, raging yeah. right yeah. now. Think of all or, the, you know, know, I mean, all the water that's going to be coming down. Yeah, and the trails are going to be nasty yep. for a while. Yep. And I'm just hoping here that it doesn't give rattlesnakes a longer breeding period to where they can just make more. Well, if that's the case, let's just hope that it's cool and they just kind of are moving a little slower. They're not so frisky. <laughs> it's like, I got a headache, honey. Yeah. <laughs> type thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, crazy. Yeah, I'm glad everything worked out this weekend. I mean, that's a big thing. Um, it does. I mean, after hindsight, you know, kind of talk about it a little bit. But um, ideally, I mean, some of the biggest messages we could do, and that's why I wanted to get you on early, you know, from a race director standpoint compared to a runner standpoint, I'm super happy to hear that the runners there were okay and there wasn't people getting all pissy and whatever else. Right. No, um, it, was, it was a very stressful day, but uh, everything worked out in the end just fine. Good. Um, and it, it sh- and it, what, I, what I think it also does is it shows other races, right, that, you know, if you plan accordingly, if you keep a calm head, if, you know, whatever, it's going to be okay. Right. Because you well, don't, you don't, you just don't see it. As, I mean, you see it more. And I think, you know, maybe <clears throat> it's back to that old thing is you see it more because of social media and the ease of seeing it more. Right. Not to say it didn't happen 15 years ago, but 
you know, it wasn't as easy to access real time, yeah. right? I'm watching yeah. videos, you know, on my Instagram feed of your race real time. Yeah. You know, so I think there's that, but it is, I mean, ultra running, trail running, being outside in general in the mountains, it's, you know, you got to really take stuff into your own hands all the time and yeah. you not rely you on anybody. Rely on yourself. Yeah. And it's, I think it's a good reminder. And especially when everything works out well, it's a really good reminder to say, okay, stuff like this happens. I need to be smart, right? right. So just come yeah. prepared, whatever that looks like. I mean, I've talked to somebody even after this just recently, and I'm like, yeah, when I go, you know, in the mountains, I've been in the Uenas and it snows in August. I mean, mm-hmm. Pocatello in June. I mean, when you get to either higher elevations too, it's nice to have a little kit type thing, well, whether it's a space blanket. And I, you know, whenever I do an adventure run, whether we're running across Zion, whether we're running doing Grand Canyon or... Just something where we're going to be out. Tetons. Yeah, the Tetons all day. Uh, I always pack enough calories and clothes and and supplies that I can spend the night. It might not be comfortable, Yeah. but I will live. Survive so, the night, right? Yeah, so a space blanket, maybe a long sleeve tee or a beanie, uh, matches and a lighter. Yeah. Um, couple of candles you know stuff that will help you you know survive a night out there so that uh, the next day either either search and rescue can find your sorry butt or you can self-extract yeah well and not go down the rabbit hole too much on this but it's something i've wanted to do for a long time it's you know you think about it like i remember joel hatch running with him a few times and we're really remote right mm-hmm. no cell service mm-hmm. and then you think okay what if I what if fall. You break a broken ankle. Yeah. What if I smacked my head? You like what? What's the plan there? So I think it's always smart, especially the people. Like I see people right now, and it's it's concerning. You know, we're we're getting to the point. Avalanche has been going all some all year, and now it's kind of getting worse. And I still see people on the worst days, snow drifts, everything going up Maylands at five in the morning. And it's like funny to crawl through drifts. And I'm like, boy, you have no, like, you don't have right. any idea. And there was an avalanche up Maylands not too long ago this year, like a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. And it really makes me nervous. It's like, I understand the joy of the sport and wanting to do a challenge, but boy, you just have to be a little more cautious sometimes. Right. You know, and I think more important now in the backcountry with the weather, like super warm today. You know, me and Harrison ran just on the shoreline. We came, we went out, came back. As we came back, there were snow slides on the trail. Mm-hmm. Not like bury you in avalanche, but I mean, if that's that low on the shoreline, I mean, up top, it could be really crazy. So, you know, it's just a good reminder. Hey, be careful out there. Be smart. If, you know, if you have a plan to go do something and it's too dangerous, go do it another day, right? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing worth <laughs> risking so much for um, that it becomes a bad experience yeah. in, in general. Yeah. So. All right, Jim. Well, we're going to let you go. Oh, I need to, you know, I was listening to Kirk's. Uh-oh. Kirk Probasco, we just yeah, had him on. His first pleasure. 50. You were talking about outfits and kits and all that. <laughs> I have some words to add to that. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Kirk, I hope so, you're listening. So, Kirk, <laughs> just just for a little background, every time I prep for a race, my, my the lovely Mrs. Skaggs always comes up to me and says, well, do you have your outfit picked out for tomorrow? <laughs> And I just say, of course I do. So you guys are debating, well, do you call it an outfit? No, that's more a date thing. Yeah. And and the lovely Mrs. Skaggs once again pointed out that's 
probably appropriate in my case because the mountains are my mistress. Oh. She claims. Oh. So, you know, outfit, yeah, maybe okay. We'll, we'll go with that. But then you were talking about kit, you know, and, and kit's a European term. We, yeah. You know, I mean, we don't use that. We're Americans here. I'm a soccer guy. We call them kits in soccer. Right. Probably well, from yeah. Europe, but yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. So, but we're in America here. So we... We gear up. Okay, I like that. So we we get our gear together. Okay. You know, we, do you have your gear ready? I like it. Because even Kirk at one point, I love it. It's uh, gear up and, you know, suit up and whatever. Yeah. He had something. I don't even remember. It was like a week ago. I'm, yeah. I'm out of it. I like that. <laughs> but I'm going to say, I hate to say it on a podcast, but after what your wife said, I'm kind of like an outfit. Because, you know, <laughs> the mountains, your date, or your mistress. mistress. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, I would almost let outfits slide now. It's just a mind shift in perspective. I'm like, right. I mean, I probably won't, but I like it. I think I would allow it now. So, Kirk, I'll allow it, but I'll still make fun of you. Um, but I do like gear up. Yeah, yeah suit gear up. gear up here in America. Yeah. I like that gear up. So maybe that's what we'll talk. Because we do have like our gear show. Like we talk right. gear guide. What's you your gear? We have a kit show. You have a gear show. Yeah. And shorts are gear. Shirts mm-hmm. gear. I mean, I don't think it just relies down to shoes or hardware. Right. So I, I like that. So gear. So we will try and slide that into our normal process and call it gear. However, I will allow outfit. <laughs> Might have in, some in repercussions. It might have some repercussions, but I'll allow it. And it depends on when someone says it, the twinkle in their eye. Right. Because if it twinkles, I'm like, okay, they do have a relationship with the mountain. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Man, Karen's on point. That's (laughs) awesome. All right, Jim. Well, thanks for joining us. You know we're going to have you back on at some point. There's a few other shows we want to do. But thanks for taking the time. And um, thank you and um, way to go um, on the event last week because, again, you know, it's like one of those things you'd like to think you can handle something in a stressful situation, but you never know till it happens. So I'm glad you were there to take care of it. I'm also really happy to hear about all the support with volunteers and runners and families. I think that's fabulous. So thanks for coming on, giving us a little rundown of that. And uh, we'll probably talk to you later. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jim. And um, yeah, I can't wait. We'll probably be back on to talk about your other races too, because those are, those are pretty fun and hopefully able to come up and help out, mark course, volunteer, whatever. Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners Podcast. I'd like to thank Jim Skaggs for joining us today. I also want to encourage everybody to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners, or go check out our website at trailmanners.com. You can check out our store page, which will be revamped here soon. Or you can hit us up on the contact page. Let me know what you want to hear, who you want to see, or if you'd like to be on the show. And if you just take a moment, please to subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating or review on iTunes or Facebook, or just send us a message. Truly would appreciate that. Until next time, this is Eric Manning reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it. <laughs> <laughs>